Once again, we're going to be looking at the Tomer Devora, which is Moshe Cordovero's uh, work on uh, uh, Kabbalistic ethics, taking the uh, ideas of Kabbalah, the, uh, the ideas of the different attributes of God that are contained in Jewish mysticism, and trying to uh, place them in the ethical realm, trying to uh, identify what those characteristics of God are and how a human being might be able to emulate them in their personal interactions and their personal actions. This is, I I, um, was uh, talking with Rabbi Iris Stone uh, from BZBI the other day, and he's uh, really an expert in the realm of uh, Jewish ethical literature, uh, a a genre called Musar. And I asked him where Tomer Devorah fit in to this, and, uh, and, and he said that um, that you know that insofar as Tomer Devora really is trying to cultivate virtues, then it really fits in very well with that with that genre of literature of Musar because this is a, a, a category of ethics that, that are called virtue ethics, right? So this is not necessarily like you know what's right to do in a lifeboat situation, right? These are the kind of qualities that a person, uh, according to Cordovero, ought to cultivate. Uh, within themselves, uh, how they ought to, um, at, you know, behave in a general sense in in the world, uh, and so each of them are a, a manner of uh, of emulating God. And so the first manner of emulating God is emulating God's compassion, which Cordovero divides into uh, into thirteen different subcategories. And this is the fourth one that we're on today. The thirteen categories again are based on a verse from the prophet Micah. Uh, and this is the fourth of those thirteen. Lisherit nachalato to the remnant of his people of his uh, uh, inheritance. So God acts with Israel. God uh, operates with Israel by uh, through this virtue, through in this way. Lomar Yisrael that is to say that God says, what should I do with Israel because they are my close ones. They are my relatives. She'er basar li mahem. I have a, a, a flesh with them. Right? We're, 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 me, me and Israel, we're, we're blood relatives. We're, we're blood brothers, uh, according to Cordovero, is what God says. She'hem bat zugla kadosh because the Jews are the spouse, as it were, of God. Right? That's, uh, the Jews are the partner of God. The Korela Biti Achoti Imi, and in various places in uh, in Judaic literature, God calls the Jews my daughter, my sister, my mother. Kidefer Shuzal, as the rabbis explained in the in the midrash, Uchtiv Yisrael Am Krovo. It says in the Psalms that Israel is his close nation. Mamash kirva yeshloimahem uvanavhem. There is a, a a real closeness that God has with the Jewish people, and they are His children. Vahainu lisherit nachalato lishon sher basar. Right, and so therefore, this language of from the from the verse from Micah uh, that God is compassionate with the uh, with the remnant of His heirs, the remnant of His uh, of His. Uh, um, uh, Inheritance is people. Lishon Sher Basar is the language of being uh, uh, blood relatives or flesh relatives. Vesof Sof Hem Right, and, and ultimately, the Jewish people are God's are God's uh, portion. Uma Omer, 
So what does this say? Im a'anishem hare ha'ke'ev alai. If I were to punish them, if I were to hurt Israel, it would pain me. God says, as it were, that when Israel, when Jews suffer, God suffers. I think that might be able, I, I personally would, would uh, want to expand that to all people. I, 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 my personal theology is that when people suffer, generally speaking, God suffers. Um, and that's related to, uh, a, a pers- my theological perspective is very much informed by process thought. And process thought, this whole idea of emergence, that God is an emergent order, almost as if a human being is an emergent order uh, on a higher level than, than any one of your, say, organs. Right? So a heart is also an emergent order because it's composed of lower emergent orders. Right? So God, as it were, is composed of all of the lower emergents that make up being. Uh, and so, for example, so if I'm a higher emergent order than my heart, and my heart hurts, I hurt, right? If my, um, if my liver hurts, then my heart hurts, and I hurt, right? So there is a dr- dramatic interconnection of being within me, and I think also within the totality of being, uh, and therefore I think that when we are pained, God is pained. And also when we do damage to ourselves or to each other or to the world, God is hurt by that. And I think that that's what he's saying here is that when we are in pain or when we pain others, God is pained. Right? Because it says in, in, in the book of Isaiah, In all of their suffering, the suffering is his. Right? In other words, in all of the suffering of the Jewish people, God suffers. Kativ loba aleph, right? It doesn't kativ loba aleph, right? So in the in the actual verse, it says uh, the word lo with an aleph. Lomar aram magia lepela haelyon v'kol sheken ledu partsufin. That is to say that the the suffering of of the Jewish people reaches the supernal realm, and all the more so it it it. it it smacks God in the face, as it were. Shebahen ikara haga, because in in God's face is the ability to see what's going on in the world. Vekarenan bevav lotzar, and the verse writes that sentence with a vav, that the that lo as in lamed vav, right? The pain belongs to God. Right, as it says that uh, that that God's soul, as it were, is lessened in the sufferings of Israel. Because God cannot abide by their pain and suffering. Because they are His portion, His His close portion. And that's how a person should act with their fellow person. All Jews are one flesh together because their souls are bound up with each other. 
Think about that for a moment, that all Jewish people, and I think if, if you were to ask me personally what's my take on this, I would expand that uh, to a more universal realm, but I think it's hard enough to do what he's saying, right? to actually consider every Jew your, uh, your relative and close fresh. Right? In some ways, that's actually even harder than it is to say that uh, the people who are suffering in Somalia, I care about them, and they, they're, my, they're my brothers in their time of pain. It's much harder to love your uh, neighbor than it is to love someone uh, halfway around the world. Uh, but in any event, he specifies Israel here, and he says that we should act in the same sort of way with other Jews. Because all of our souls are bound up with each other. So that's to say that when we hurt ourselves or when we're in pain or when another person's in pain, that should pain us. And when we pain others, that pains God. And when we pain others, that pains other people who are not necessarily involved in that interaction. That all of our actions have consequences outside of the immediate realm of their impact. But the inevitable question, the inevitable question comes up. If God is hurting, where was his hurt during the horrible genocide of Hitler? It's an excellent question. Yeah, I know. But Can't it, answer it. We don't. We don't. It's a question that has no answer. Right. Which is why the, the, the theology that's behind this is challenging. If, if you ask me personally, I don't think this is what Cordovero would, would answer. But if you ask me personally that uh, I don't believe that God has the ability to, uh, even though God might be pained by suffering like the Holocaust, I don't believe that God had the ability to stop the Holocaust. That's my personal theology. Um, How do you come to that conclusion? Uh, that's the, God is omnipotent. So I don't believe that God is omnipotent. You don't? No. Um, in short, that's a longer conversation, I think, but, uh, and I can tell you why I believe that and how I come to that, that conclusion, uh, because I recognize that that's a big bomb to drop in this uh, short little space. Um, but, uh, no, but, it, but, it is, but if you do believe in God's omnipotence, right, then this is a really challenging idea. But the other piece is, if you believe in God's omnipotence, then it's also impossible to believe that in a God that can be pained by other people's pain. Um, so that's that. So I, I'm not sure that Cordovero, if he were to be very systematic about his theology, that he believes in an omnipotent God. But in any event, I don't think his his concern here is necessarily with the theology. I think his concern here is with the interpersonal ethics. So he's saying that that regardless of what you believe, right? Th- this is a premise about God that God is pain when we're pain, and so therefore we ought to act in the world in that same sort of fashion, that we should be pained in other people's pain. Saul, do you have a... No, I, being in pain doesn't mean you, you ameliorate the pain. That's not what this says. Mm-hmm. It just says you're in pain. Mm-hmm. So, what I think this is saying is strive not to put people in pain because it's painful and Hitler didn't care. So, how, I don't think God stops... Well, I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest questions that are asked about all of this is the question that I've raised. I mean, many Jews, Chaim Cohn, who was a Supreme Court Justice in Israel, walked away from the religion 
because he said he couldn't understand how God could do that and kill all of his family. Um, how do you answer that? Right. So the way the way I answer that is this is my personal omnipotent. Right. Be, you know, this, that's perhaps a longer conversation because the, the, if you believe in an omnipotent God, then something like the Holocaust becomes substantially more problematic. Um, so, in some way, my way is an easy way out. Uh, but it seems to me, the, for a number of reasons, the only rationally logical way out. But that's another, maybe another, comfort, another conversation okay. for another time. Um, and I, and I like I like Saul's perspective, right? That, that if you believe in an omnipotent God, that ju- that pain does not necessitate a response, um, right? Just because God's in pain in other people's pain doesn't mean that God has to act on that pain. So let's say you fall in the camp that says God is omnipotent. God knows knew what was going on in the Holocaust. God didn't like what was going on in the Holocaust, but God didn't stop what was going on in the Holocaust. For state your reason here, right? So that doesn't mean that God wasn't pained by what was happening. It just means that God, for whatever reason, didn't stop what was happening. But there are any number of occasions when when God's demonstration of his omnipotence throughout the Torah is, is it a demonstration of omnipotence or a choice to intervene? He took us through the the, the Sea of Reeds. He took us through 40 years in the desert. He took us, he did all of those things when it was almost impossible to believe that that could happen. And yet he did it. So, it, you know, you pick the great miracles of his of his doing things for us. And, and, and but you turn away when there's a Holocaust. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got great difficulty with that. I, 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 your difficulty is understandable. Uh, there's, no, there's no simple solution to the difficulty that, that you're raising. That's the, that's the honest that's, truth. So, take it out of the realm of just Jewish people. How do you explain the plague? The what? The plagues. Yeah. In Europe. In Europe. Like the in the Middle Ages? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing, though. I understand. The very but same thing. It, 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 the, the, problem the, is, the, the problem is a continuing one. There are, there are things that I have great difficulty with. And I, I believe in God, and I believe that he is omnipotent. That, as the rabbi explains, makes the problem more difficult for me. But death is part of our existence, right? Well, obviously, we, we, we've had so, to live through it. So some people die at an early age, some people die at a late age, and we all die. We don't know what that is all about either. Right. So I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to um, Time that conversation out for the for the time being, um, <laughs> because it's good. Now, if, if you give me just two more minutes, um, I'll, I'll, I just want to we'll skip a little bit, and I just want to get to his point here. Um, so if, uh, it's uh, on the next page, which is Samich Sadi Chet on the top. Um, and therefore, a person should always seek the welfare of his friend. 
ve'eno tova al tovat chavero, and he should put a good eye, he should uh, keep an eye on whether or not his, things are going well for his friend. Uchvodo ye chaviv alav kishalo, and the honor of his friend, the honor of his fellow, should be as dear to him as his own. Sheharehu humamash, because your friend, your neighbor, your fellow Jew, your fellow human being, in actuality, is you. Right? You are the, 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 uh, the, the idea that we are isolated individual beings, Cordovero says, is illusory. Right? We are, in fact, dramatically interconnected. And I think that uh, on a theological level that works for me, on a biological level that works for me too. On a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a cellular level, we are all connected. On a, um, in the realm of physics, we are all interconnected. On a quantum level, we are all interconnected, right? We are fundamentally the same, right? The, but the fact that I'm an individual person, and Lou is an individual person, and Ralph is an individual person, there, there is a reality to our uniqueness. But in some way, that reality is also illusory because there is much more that connects us than that separates us. So he's saying that, that the honor of your friend, the welfare of your friend, the, or your fellow, should be as dear to you as your own, because in actuality, your fellow is you. Because of that, that's why we're commanded, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? How can you love your neighbor as yourself, unless on some level your neighbor is yourself? And therefore you should um, uh, seek the goodness of your friend and you shouldn't uh, speak um, uh, in a denigrating way toward him at all or about him at all. And you, uh, and you shouldn't uh, want anything bad to happen to him. In the same way that God doesn't want our, uh, uh, our, our um, us to be insulted and us to be pained. Mitam hakurva, because of God's closeness with us. Afhu lo yirtze begnut chavero, velo betzaro, velo bikilkulo, v'yeralomimenu. Right, and similarly, we should we should strive to not uh, not to we should strive to not seek the uh, the the insult of our friend or the pain of our friend or the or the cursing of our friend or that things should happen bad to our to our friend. Because you have a stake in that pain or in that goodness, and I imagine what would what would the, our world look like if people actually took on this virtue, that we saw other people as an extension of ourselves, and that when we pain them, we have a stake in that pain. When we insult them, we have a stake in that insult. Or when we do good to them, or for them, or, or hope for good things to happen to them, that we have a stake in that welfare. And that's a really a incredible image for me, and also an incredible challenge. And to tack it on to other challenges that were raised this morning. <laughs> Everybody have a great day. <laughs>